Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Magic and the Moon podcast. As always, I'm your host, David. And this week, we are talking about um, a Sabbath on the Wheel of the Year, um, which if you don't know, uh, I do have a full-length episode on what the Wheel of the Year is. But uh, to quickly recap, it is a calendar um, that marks seasonal festivals and holidays and celebrations that is revered by um, mostly Wiccans, but of course, other types of pagans. Um, and spiritual people as well. So Imbolc um, has many names. Sometimes it's called Imbolg with a G, um, also called St. Brigid's Day, um, lots of different names. But it is a Gallic traditional festival that marks the beginning of spring. Um, and for some traditional uh, Irish Christians, especially it is the feast day of St. Brigid. And it's usually held on the 1st of February, which is about the halfway point between the winter solstice and the spring equinox. So historically, um, its traditions were widely observed throughout Ireland, Scotland, and the Isle of Man. And it is one of the four Gallic seasonal festivals alongside Beltane, Lunasa, and Samhain. Imbolc is mentioned uh, really, really early in Irish literature, and there's some evidence suggesting it was an important date in ancient times. It is believed that Imbolc was originally a pagan festival associated with the goddess Brigid, and that it became Christianized as the feast day of St. Bridget, who could be a Christianization of the goddess. And that is uh, my perspective as well. The festivities of the feast of St. Bridget did not begin to be recorded in detail until the early modern era. And in recent centuries, this day was marked with the making of Bridget's crosses and a doll-like figure of her, which would be paraded from house to house by making a bed for Bridget, leaving her food and drinks, as well as items of clothing that would be left outside for her to bless. Brigid was also evoked to protect homes and livestock, and special feasts were had and holy wells were visited. It was also a time for divination. Although many of its customs died out in the 20th century, it is still observed by Christians and non-Christians, and its neo-pagan forms respectively as well. Its customs have been revised in some spaces, um, but since the 20th century, Celtic neo-pagans and some other Wiccans have observed in bulk as a religious holiday. From 2023 onwards, the government of the Republic of Ireland have declared that Imbolc and St. Brigid's Day will be a public holiday, which is really cool that they're acknowledging that. So scholars such as historian Ronald Hutton argue that the festival must have pre-Christian origin, which I and I agree. Um, some scholars argue that the day of Imbolc was significant in Ireland since the Neolithic period, which is very, very far back. And a few passage tombs in Ireland are aligned with the sunrise around the beginning of Imbolc and Samhain. This includes the Mound of the Hostages on the Hill of Tara and Carn El at Silve na Kellogg. And I don't speak Irish, so if I said that totally wrong, uh, I'm trying my best. <laughs> um, Frank Pendergast argues that this alignment is so rare that it could not be the product of chance. The etymology of Imbolc is not clear. But the most common theory is that it comes from the old Irish word uh, imbolc, which means in the belly, and it refers to the pregnancy um, of sheep at this time of year. Joseph Fendries linked it to the old Irish verb of folkim, which means to wash or to cleanse yourself, and he suggests that it referred to ritual cleansing, similar to the ancient Roman festival of Lupercalia, which took place um, around a similar time of the year. So let's talk about the actual customs. So historically, um, it was mentioned in several early Irish, Irish manuscripts, but they say very little about what they actually did. 
So, Imbolc was treated as one of the four seasonal festivals in Gaelic Ireland alongside Beltane around the beginning of May, Lunasa around the beginning of August, and Samhain around the beginning of November. The tale Tormrak Emmer, which survives in a 10th century version, names Imbolc as one of the four um, big festivals, and it says this is when the ewes, which are female sheep, are milked at the beginning of spring. And this linking of Imbolc with the arrival of lambs and sheep's milk probably reflected farming customs, um, because at this point we're very much into winter, but it's not quite springtime yet, so it would have been significant to mark uh, what little milk and things you could get, because people were probably running out of food, running out of animals, etc. So from the 18th to 20th centuries, many accounts of the festival were recorded by folklorists and other writers, and they tell us how it was celebrated then and have shed light on how it may have been celebrated in the ancient past. The festival is traditionally observed on the 1st of February. However, because the day was deemed to begin and end at sunset, the celebrations and observances will begin on what is now the 31st of January and ending on the 1st of February. It's also been argued that the original timing of the festival was more fluid and based on seasonal changes rather than a fixed uh, calendar date like we do now. It's associated with the onset of the season of lambs, which could vary by a few weeks before or after the 1st of February. And it was the beginning of the preparations for spring sowing and the blooming of blackthorns. In Ireland, a spring cleaning was also customary around this time. Holy wells were visited, and they were during other festivals as well, like Beltane and Lunasa. And visitors to these holy wells would pray for health while walking sunwise or clockwise around the well. They would then leave offerings, oftentimes coins, um, and water from the well was used to bless the home, family members, livestock, etc. Donald Alexander Mackenzie also recorded in the 19th century that offerings were made to the earth and the sea. This could be milk poured to the ground, porridge into the water, things like that for uh, libations. So as well as being a springtime festival, it's also the feast day, or rather it became the feast day, um, of St. Brigid. So on St. Brigid's Eve, Brigid was said to visit virtuous households and bless the people that lived there. As Brigid represented the light half of the year, and that power would bring people from the dark of winter into the brightness of spring, so she was very important. Um, before going to bed, people would leave items of clothing or strips of cloth outside for her to bless. And these clothes or these strips of cloth would be brought inside and believed to have the powers of Brigid for healing and protection. Families would have a special meal or a supper on St. Brigid's Eve to mark the last night of winter. This often included um, dumplings, bannocks, bembrack, uh, kolkanon, sowens. Um, if you don't know what that is, uh, kolkanon is the Irish dish. It's usually mashed potatoes with like cabbage in it. Um, sowens are traditionally a Scottish food. It's kind of the husk left over from an oat after you've milked it. And it's kind of... Um, drunk off of sometimes it's dipped into like butter or milk so just basically traditional irish scottish foods if you don't know so um also a portion of the food and drink would be set aside for brigid as well they also had something called brigid's bed and brigid would be symbolically invited into the house and a bed would be made for her in the north of ireland a family member representing brigid would circle the home three times carrying rushes. Then she would knock on the door three times, asking to be let in. 
On the third attempt, they would be welcomed in, the meal would be had, and then the rushes would be made into crosses or a bed for her. In 18th century, on the Isle of Man, the custom was to stand at the door with a bundle of rushes and say, Bread, bread, come to my house tonight. Open the door, let me come in. The rushes were then strewn on the floor as a carpet or a bed for her. In the 19th century, some old Manx women would make a bed for Brigitte in the barn with food, ale, and maybe a candle on the table. The custom of making a bed for her was common in Scotland as well, where it was recorded as far back as the 17th century. A bed of hay called um, a dilblebrid, I can't say that correctly, <laughs> but um, it's Old Scottish for the icon of Brigid. And this would be laid out in the bed and using a white wand, usually made of birch tree, would be laid beside it. It represented that the wand that Brigid was said to have used to make vegetation grow again after the winter had ended. Ashes from the fire would be raked smooth, and in the morning, they would look for some kind of mark on the ashes as a sign that she had been visiting. If there was no mark, they believed that there would be bad fortune unless they buried a cockerel at the meaning of three streams as an offering and burned incense on their fire at night. Women in some parts of Scotland would also dance while holding a large cloth and calling out for Brigid to come over and make her bed. There's also a custom called Brigid's Procession. So in Ireland and Scotland, a representation of Brigid would be paraded around the community, usually by girls and young women. And usually it was a doll-like figure um, that would be made from rushes or reeds, and it would have bits of cloth or flowers or shells. And in Scotland in particular, a bright shell or a crystal um, called the Guiding Star Brigid would be set on its chest. And the girls and the women would carry this procession while singing a hymn to her. They were white with an un their hair down. That was a symbol of their youth and of their purity. And they would visit every house in the area where they would receive food or more decorations for the doll. Afterwards, they would feast in a house with the doll set in a place of honor, and it would be put to bed with lullabies. And when the meal was done, the local young men would humbly ask for admission and join the girls in dancing and having basically like a party. In some areas, rather than carrying the doll of Brigid, um, a girl would symbolically take on the role of Brigid. They would be escorted by other girls, they would go house to house wearing a Brigid's crown, and they would carry a sword, a shield, or a cross later on when it became Christianized. Um, and they would go from house to house singing. And this was practiced, um, honestly, until pretty recently, um, until about the middle of the 20th century. They would still go house to house doing this. So this is also a time for uh, divination, particularly um, in regards to like the weather, seeing what the weather would do. So the festival was a time to kind of predict the weather, and there was an old tradition of watching to see if like snakes or badgers would come out of their winter dens. And this may have been um, where the custom of Groundhog's Day actually came from. There's an old Scottish proverb that says, the serpent will come from the hole on the brown day of bride there should be three feet of snow on the flat surface of the ground. And this is kind of where we think we got the idea of the groundhog seeing its shadow and the extension of winter or the beginning of spring, etc. Um, so Imbolc was also believed to be when the Keliak, who was kind of the divine uh, hag of the Gallic tradition, this is the time when she was said to gather her firewood for the rest of the winter. And legend has it that if she wanted to make the winter last longer, she would make sure the weather on Imbolc was bright and sunny that that way she could gather lots of firewood for the rest of the winter so some people believed that if Imbolc is a day of bad weather it means that she's still asleep when that winter's almost over 
But if it's good weather, then that means winter will continue because she had to go out and gather her firewood while the weather was pleasant. So today, in modern times, uh, St. Brigid's Day and in bulk um, is observed by Christians and non-Christians. Some people still make Brigid's crosses or dolls, and they visit the holy wells that are dedicated to her on the 1st of February. And parades have been revived um, in certain parts of Ireland. Men and women wear elaborate straw hats. They make visits to people's houses and to public buildings to bring good luck for the coming year. They'll play music and dance and sing. Um, and the highlight will be the torchlit parade through the town, usually accompanied by singing and dancing, and sometimes like some contests and games and things. Um, and as I mentioned earlier, the government of the Republic of Ireland is actually going to acknowledge it as a public holiday, which I think is really awesome for um, religious diversity being acknowledged in a public way. So Imbolc, uh, or some festivals based on Imbolc, are also honored by some pagans and neo-pagans. Um, and because there are so many different kinds of paganism, celebrations obviously can be very, very different, even if their name is similar. Some try and recreate the historic festival um, as much as possible, but others kind of just uh, pull from different sources and kind of make it their own. And they're not as worried about recreating tradition. So uh, many pagans also celebrate it on the 1st of February, um, especially in the Northern Hemisphere, whereas the Southern Hemisphere might be the 1st of August. So some pagans celebrate it at the astronomical midpoint between the winter solstice and spring equinox, or um, the closest full moon to that occurrence. In the Northern Hemisphere, that's going to be around the 3rd or 4th of February, and then in the Southern Hemisphere, um, again, around the 3rd or 4th of August. And other pagans celebrate in bulk based on seasonal stuff, so which would be more traditional, right? So not a fixed calendar day, but like when nature is just showing the signs. So that would be like when primroses, dandelions, and other spring flowers start blooming. That would be the kind of their sign uh, to do that. Um, so Celtic Reconstructionists in particular strive to reconstruct the pre-Christian religion of Celtic people, and their religious practices are based on research and historical accounts, but may be slightly modified to... Um, adapt to modern life. They avoid syncretism, so they don't really combine practices from different places, and they usually celebrate the festival when the first signs of spring happen or um, the next full moon after. So many people will use traditional songs and rites from sources like the Silver Bow and the Kramina Gedalica, and it's a time of honoring the goddess Brigid, and many of her descendants choose this time of year um, for rituals to honor her. Wiccans, of course, also celebrate in bulk as one of the Sabbaths of the Wheel of the Year. And following midwinter, uh, or Yule, or the winter solstice, and before uh, the spring equinox. So in Wicca, um, it's commonly associated with just the end of winter, the very first hints of spring. Um, a lot of people in traditional forms uh, of witchcraft, they might choose this time to do initiations as it seemed like a good time to bring someone in as um, a new member of a coven or a tradition. And that's because initiation is seen as being um, metaphorical of a birth and spring is the birthing time. So it's like you would do initiations at the beginning of spring uh, or summer and that would fall on that date as well. So that's all. So those are some things you guys can do to celebrate in bulk if you do light some candles, um, cleaning your house, having decorations of flowers and floral things. Um, it's a great time for divination. It's a great time to acknowledge the fact that you have made it safely 
through um, the first part of winter and to look forward to the coming spring and the pleasant weather. And then it's a great time also because winter is cold and dreary. It's a good time to do um, workings for good health and abundance and just all the things that you want to manifest and grow in the spring as the winter starts kind of going away. So that's all I have for you all this time. Hope you enjoyed learning about in bulk and I will see you all next time.